welcome into another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WISports.net and your host as we go through all of the day's news in high school sports. And this is going to be, as many of our podcasts have been so far this year, focused on high school football, the big news of the day, uh, the playoffs coming up uh, very soon. This is the final week of the high school football regular season. This is a crazy, wild, busy week of action as teams try to get into the playoffs, as teams try to improve their improve their playoff positioning and potential seeding, and as some teams try to wrap up conference championships. Today on the WSN podcast, we're going to talk briefly about the, uh, the, the playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about week nine, some of the big games on the schedule. We're going to go over uh, kind of what to expect in the final night of the regular season and, and into Saturday in terms of timelines and, and how things are going to work. And shortly, we're going to get into a conversation with WIAA Deputy Director, Dr. Wade Lebecki, who will uh, bring us up to speed on what he's looking at when it comes to this final week of the season, what his week is like, uh, some of the things that uh, are in play, how the process works for them uh, as they figure out the official playoff field and uh, all of the things that have to come out Friday and Saturday. Before we get to uh, Dr. Lebecki, though, just want to run through some big games on Friday that will have a significant impact on conference title championship races. There are a number of conferences that are still up for grabs. There are some that are all but sealed. I mean, there's some that have clinched outright conference championships, uh, in, in perhaps most notably in the North Shore Conference, where Hartford has clinched a outright conference championship. Homestead lost to Slinger last week. That ends Homestead's run of 18 straight years without, or with at least a share of the conference title. One of the most impressive streaks in high school football history, right up there with Kimberly's 70-game winning streak, right up there with Stratford's run of six consecutive state championships. So a uh, little bit of an end of an era there for the Homestead Highlanders. There are other conferences where things are very much up for grabs, and there are some great games in Week 9 that are essentially conference championship games. And it starts with our game of the week on Wisports.net, and that is the Wanakee-DeForest game. Two uh, pretty bitter at times rivals. Uh, Wanakee has gotten the best of DeForest quite a few times in the last decade plus or, or several decades they beat DeForest last year twice, including in the playoffs, where Wanakee was actually down in the fourth quarter, had to score in uh, in the final period, and uh, pulled out a 23-20 victory. But Wanakee lost a lot from last year's team. They've had some pretty significant losses uh, on the injury front this year. They're down to their fourth running back. Um, one of their best receivers has been out for uh, essentially two months almost now. Um, DeForest had a ton coming back from last year and have looked extremely good this year. Uh, both teams have been dominant. Wanakee, excuse me, is the only uh, only one of them that has had a close game, really. They beat uh, Reedsburg 35-28, scored late in that one to win. DeForest beat Reedsburg 28 to nothing. That was their closest game of the year. Hard-fought game, but ultimately a four-score game for DeForest. I would not be surprised if DeForest got a win in this one. In fact, it might be a pickup game or... Uh, pick them game or even maybe a slight edge to the forest. I don't know. Uh, but this is a great game. Everything that you want to see in a week nine game coming right down to the end. Not only a conference title on the line, but a potential number one seed in the playoffs. 
home games through level three, all that good stuff in play in this one. Other undefeated conference match matchups between undefeated teams, Lancaster and Mineral Point in the uh, SW, excuse me, in the Swall. A little bit of a contrast of styles. Mineral Point runs a spread. They still run the ball a lot. A lot of power running with uh, Will Straka and Isaac Lindsay is running the ball quite a bit at the quarterback spot. Lancaster, John Hoke, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be triple option. It's going to be a lot of fullback dives. Um, but two undefeated teams looking to uh, take home a Swall title. Also in the FRCC, you have Bayport in Pulaski. The FRCC has been a very stratified conference, a, a very top-heavy league this year. Bayport and Pulaski have clearly put themselves above every other team in that league. Ashwabanon was the only other one that was kind of in the conversation, and Ashwabanon has lost to both of these teams the last two weeks have, uh, very handily. So two very clear teams at the top. Bayport is a, what is it, 35 or 36-game conference winning streak, something like that in the FRCC. Pulaski, a little bit of a surprise to be in this position, I think. They lost last year's WFCA Large School Offensive Player of the Year, Dylan Hendricks, to graduation, but they have found a way, especially with a very, very strong defense, and uh, they're in a good position. So this is a, an FRCC conference championship game. Other games of note, Kiwani and Peshtigo square off. That's going to be for the MONLPC large. Kimberly and Appleton North is a big-time rivalry game uh, as well. Abbotsford and Athens, big game in the Cloverwood. Onalaska and Holman. Uh, Onalaska looking to wrap up an outright championship in the Mississippi Valley Conference. Franklin and Oak Creek is this week. That's a, a rivalry game. Maybe not necessarily huge conference title implications. Uh, Almond Bancroft and Johnson Creek. Johnson Crick, as they uh, as they go by down there. Uh, that's a, a good non-conference game. You don't usually see that very often in Week 9, but uh, a couple very good teams. You have the Woodland crossovers this week. You have the MPS crossovers this week. Um, and then a lot of games that have impacts for a lot of different reasons, whether it's uh, a team trying to wrap up a conference championship, whether it's a team trying to improve their playoff seed, whether it's a team trying to get into the playoff picture or, or clinch a spot in the playoffs, whatever it might be. There's just so many games that will have a, uh, a big environment uh, around them this week. So again, that's a, a look at week nine from a game perspective. There's also a lot going on in the playoffs. And as this is a huge week in high school football with the playoffs at the forefront for many people, uh, we do want to talk some more about the playoffs in depth with WIAA De uh, Deputy Director, Dr. Wade Lebecki, who joins us now on the WSN podcast. Uh, Dr. Lebecki, certainly appreciate you joining us. I know it's a very busy time. Um, what what has things been like in the office so far this week and leading up to a, a real busy uh, final Friday night of high school football, but also some other things going on in high school sports and uh, high school playoffs as well? You know, it's, it's Funny, Travis, you know, my role here is I'm also the compliance and eligibility person. So I really do spend a lot of time on that stuff and and uh, try to get uh, focused on football this week. And, and, and we're getting down to it. Uh, we're setting up, uh, you know, making sure that we're running our database. And, and Eric has done that to make sure that it's running correctly. Todd has sent out emails to go ahead and make sure that schools check their um, records, their standings, and make sure that their conference games are marked correctly. 
and uh, Heidi, my assistant, has been uh, sending out the memos where we get the uh, contact information for people if we need their scores on Friday night, as well as uh, you know their first half points for the uh, through week eight, so we can go ahead and use that as tiebreakers if necessary. So we we have a lot of different people doing different tasks in order to go ahead and get ready for uh, Friday night. And so what is Friday night and into Saturday like for you? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun night, but, uh, you know, for me, it'll start out with getting out to the, uh, to a football game somewhere. I like to get out and, and, uh, to see crews. And, uh, so on every Friday night, I'm at at least two or three games. So I'll start out, um, getting out to a football game and observing a crew. Of course, it'll have to be somewhere around here within an hour because I get back to the office somewhere about 8 to 8.30, and then the the staff starts coming in and and arriving. And the the biggest thing that we, you know, start out with on Friday night is to get all of the scores. Uh, And and you know how tough that is. You you guys struggle with it at times too. But uh, every score is important because it, it, it factors in all the way down through our criteria. So we'll get we'll get the scores. Hopefully, somewhere around 11, we'll have the last one in, um, and then you know we'll run it through the computer. We have to make sure that we designate the conference championships and who the conference champions are. Uh, I think we've got about five conferences that those are still up in the air, so we won't know those until the results. So we'll have to mark that into uh, the computer and run that, and, and then we start getting out uh, you know the field. So. Usually that comes out somewhere, I believe. Uh, we'll get that somewhere out about 11.30 or midnight, and uh, the field then is broken into the 32. So the slowest part of our night probably is when we go ahead and we have to get them on the maps, and we still use paper maps, and we highlight the undefeated conference champions and the conference champions, and then we start making groups of eight, keeping those undefeated apart from one another. And then from that point... Uh, once we have those entered, we go onto the computer, and uh, and my assistant enters them into our program for seeding uh, because we have seed meetings that the seed host will go into tomorrow or on, on Saturday and enter that information in. But uh, once she enters that, and then we send an email out to each of the seed hosts along with the eight schools and those groups. So we have to do that for all seven divisions plus eight player, and so we send those out. And then we're done for the night. So we're probably done somewhere around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And then um, I'll try to get some sleep. And then we come back, and, and uh, I'll be back in the office somewhere around 8 or 9, and then uh, get ready for any calls if somebody has questions. And then we start trying to begin our seed meetings, and they'll start at 11. And, uh, you know, seed hosts are finding out for the first time if they're hosting at 1.30. So... You know, we hopefully all that goes off without a hitch, and, and then they get their seeds. And usually we're done about uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday. So we're going to try some electronic ones. Uh, we have um, the, the Northern Divisions 1 and 2 and 3 um, uh, meetings will be uh, online in the Northwest area. And they call it Northwest, but it really is, you know, the North area. And, and Division 4. So we'll... Depending on how that division uh, shakes out, we'll see. Um, we'll have those online, and then we'll have three of the four eight players online probably as well. So we've lined up those hosts already with the school that has a record that's guaranteed them in. But you know that division one might go all. Well, it's going to go all the way from Hudson to Green Bay, 
Uh, Division two looks like it could be superior down to on Alaska, all, all the way over to the Green Bay area as well. So it's going to be have some large uh, large regions again. Is the is the toughest part of the process figuring out how best to draw the the regional groupings and draw those circles on the maps? Is that is that the hardest thing? Kind of that subjectivity that goes into it and figuring out how to make all of that work the best that you can. You know, that to me is not really the hardest part. Um, you know, I, I think if we got if we got a bunch of coaches in here, that would be the hardest part for them because they start going into the uh, quality of the of the groupings. Um, for me, it's it's not. If I walk into up to a map, I see where the unbeaten conference champions are. I see where the conference champs are. I start. I just draw a circle of eight, and and I start with the farthest from the in that area from that nearest uh, unbeaten conference champion and i just find my eight and see how you know how they fit the more difficult area is is in division one and two because they're so much more concentrated you know whether it's the madison the big eight over to the southeast and up to green bay and then you have some outliers this year you could have you know uh, rapids and everest and 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 hudson and that would be it for that area. If Eau Claire Memorial sneaks in there, you could have them. But that's only four. Then you got to figure out where they are. But you have to try to separate the conference, unbeaten conference champs. And that's, that's where it gets difficult when you have a concentrated area like the southeast. And then now your circles start uh, getting a little goofy because they're not really ever circles. They're, you know, they're, look, sometimes they look like fingers. Because you've got some unbeaten's that you got to go around, and you got to include in one area and in the other area. So, I, I I never thought that the drawing of the maps was a difficult piece. I know people; it gives them great discussion on whether this could have been here or that could have been there. But I think that's uh, the hardest part for me is to make sure that that initial field is correct. So you know, we'll go down through that field and try to make sure that we've got makes we make sure we've got every conference champ in there. We make sure that we've got um, you know, all of the, the field correct, that we've got the independence in there. And then, you know, you, you hope that that's correct. And when you post it, that's the first thing that we do is we, we look for feedback on that. And the feedback is somebody will call in there and say, what about this, what about that? Then we have to go back and examine it. So I think the harder part for me is to make sure that the field is correct. Um, for at least maybe that, but maybe for me it's more stressful than it is, you know, hard to do. It's not a difficult task to draw the maps, but it, the stress level for making sure your field is correct is, is more important to me. We're talking with Dr. Wade Lebecki, the deputy director at the WIAA, uh, in charge of uh, overseeing the sport of football. Um, the paying attention you mentioned kind of following along and you know trying to find some games and see what's going on how much do you follow where things might come into play in the playoffs what some of the factors might be how close uh you know how many teams under 500 you might have to look at where cut lines might go do you pay attention to any of that ahead of time or is it easier to just let it play out and then figure things out on a friday night Right, I let it play out. I, you know, I'm so busy with all of the other stuff. You know, most people, I've been to you know the seven area meetings um, in September, and you know, for uh, two two weeks there, we had 14 meetings inside of, of of 10 business days. So, 
really there's a lot going on. And like I said, I oversee the compliance and eligibility. So my month of August and September is filled with waiver requests. So I really don't get into the football um, except for Friday nights when when I'm out on the road. And for this week, uh, you know, last week we I started making sure that everybody here is on task doing their stuff. But I don't really get into the, you know, trying to figure out who Division One is and who Division Two is. You know, Eric puts out a preliminary report each week, and while I know that's close, and I had a, I had a football coach says that, well, you know, I know I've been Division Three for the last twenty or two for the last twenty years, but it looks like we're going to be three. And I would tell him, well, I, I would guarantee you that if you've been Division Two for the last twenty years, you're probably Division Two this year as well just because there's so much movement with the three and threes and the three and fours and all of that and how that all shakes out in the end uh, with your game weeks and with the upsets that you can't really tell where the cutoff lines are. So, uh, you know, if I'm going to look at any cutoff lines, I look at what you're doing. (laughs) That's about as as much as I get into it. Coach Labuda asked me too, and I I told him I'm pretty sure they're going to be three this year, but we'll see how how it plays out. Um, (laughs) So he must be worried if he's calling you and me. But, yeah. uh, if, if you think he's three, that's that's good, and then that makes it a little bit easier for me to find a seat host. Yeah. Uh, how many calls or emails do you get from coaches, whether it's leading up to the week, whether it's after you've relieved, released the playoff field and they're questioning why they're not in, maybe you're an athletic director, or why are we in this grouping or what have you? How, how often do you get those kinds of input or feedback from coaches? You know, not it's gone down so much, uh, quite a bit. You know, uh, we might get one or two emails, uh, especially for people on the bubble, and they might ask, and and it's you know pretty easy when, when uh, you know if if they look at online and see where we have the preliminary field, it gives the reason on why you're out. It might say two C, and then you can just look right in the in the qualification. Uh, qualifying materials and you can see exactly what that is so it's it's a little bit easier to tell people why they they did not make the cut because you know in the past you'd have a sheet for all 400 schools and then you'd have to alphabetize them because they did call i remember my first year before we got it to the computer the stuff uh, figuring it out the initial computer report would go ahead and just list all of the schools, one through 408 or 428. And then you still had to do the criteria by hand. So when it comes down to head-to-head result conference champion, we had to do that, but we also had to do the defeated opponents conference wins only percentage by hand. So we'd find the, you know, the four that didn't make it in and we'd go through that. And then if that didn't break it out, we still had three left in, we'd have to go into the defeated opponents for overall win percentage. And we'd have to do that for the last three. And then once we did that, then we'd have to go down to the first. So that was a lot of hand hand stuff. Uh, now the, the computer program, Eric's got it running that, uh, provided we have accurate data in there, uh, it, it, it pulls it out rather simple. So it's a little bit easier to figure it out that way. So I don't get a whole lot of emails on Friday night anymore, uh, you know, one or two. Uh, like you said, uh, probably more with the maps on why did you put us here. And, and that's more of the subjective thing, you know. And for the last seven years, people didn't want to be in there with Kimberly. So uh, if they got in there, they might have been upset, um, you know. Or uh, they look at the, what they feel the quality of that grouping is and why did you put us in this group when you could have put us here. 
uh, you know, and, and so that's more, sometimes we'll get that a lot more in the southeast area than, than anywhere else in the state. One of the uh, situations that uh, came up last year uh, and then uh, is going to be the case again this year, Milwaukee South, despite being eligible and qualified for the playoffs, has declined a uh, opportunity to compete in the playoffs. Um, is that the only instance that you can recall in your time, not only at the WIAA, but as a athletic director and coach over the years of a team that was eligible and qualified declining a, uh, an opportunity to participate? Yeah, it is. And, and that's the last, uh, it's the last two years. Um, and I, and, and I can qualify that we did have a school that dropped out of eight player out of the Jamboree, uh, about four years ago. And, and they dropped out because they, they, they had too many injuries. And, and, um, I think they might've even had a couple of kids going on a band trip or something. So they were out and we brought uh, siren in. Uh, so that was an eight player for the Jamboree. But as far as the tournament, it's the last two years is the first time that that's happened. And, you know, their, their reasoning is sound. Uh, they're looking out for, you know, their kids, uh, you know, they, you know, if they're going to be seated and they, they're seated number eight, they're going to go against a pretty strong team down there. And that's something that we'll have on the agenda with the football coaches and, and see if there's a different way of, of determining um, where some of those schools go when they're co-ops. Uh, we've talked about it in, in other sports and co-ops. And one of the suggestions that we have for hockey is to to look at the average enrollment of the co-ops rather than putting them in there. So is a Milwaukee-Pulaski really a Division II school and a Milwaukee South really a Division – or are they both really Division One, or are they really Division Two, or are they really Division Threes? you know, when you take an average all of their co-ops because their participation numbers are down. And, they're, you know, Milwaukee South going up against an Arrowhead or going up against, you know, Menominee Falls or Brookfield East or Central is not going to be the same um, as far as the number of kids suited up and on their sidelines in that. So um, and don't I never question their, their reasoning for it, but I, I think it gives an opportunity for football coaches to discuss some other ways of assigning the divisions, and, and this might be one way of doing it. You know, it, it's, it's football is, is, is a different um, animal, and, and, and um, when, you, when you come into the number one seed playing the number eight seed, there, there could be a difference in the talent, and, and that's, you know, not necessarily going to lead to safety and injury concerns, but could also lead to, you know, embarrassment concerns or other, you know, anything else. So. It'll be a good topic for the football coaches. We'll put it on their agenda for their football advisory meeting in December. Speaking of the football coaches, one of the big initiatives the last uh, 18 months or two years, whatever it has been now, was that uh, conference, uh, excuse me, statewide conference realignment uh, that will take effect next year. What do you think that's going to do to um, the playoffs? It doesn't impact the criteria, but it does obviously standardize the number of games that teams will play to get qualified, it'll standardize where tiebreaker procedures are going to go through. You know, no longer will um, a team that played teams that had a forfeit game, uh, will that impact things? So uh, do, do you foresee that realignment next year making the playoff process a little bit easier potentially? Well, you know, I think it's still going to come down to that scores at the last week. Um, but it will may, it'll be interesting to see if everybody has seven games that they're used for playoff 
determination, you know, with the crossovers of the two sevens or the seven games in an 18 conference, how that will affect the 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 bottom bubble teams, um, you know, because you won't have the five and four or four and fives and the three and fours and the two and threes. Now you're going to have people that are are the same. So you you're going to get into more of the the head to head and the, and winning percentage against the, uh, against the playoff field more so than you will how you did against the conference champions in, in, in that and how you did against the conference field because everybody's going to have the same number of games. So it could throw a little bit of a kink into that and, and how do we use the tiebreakers when you know everybody has the same number of games. I think what will be interesting is having the, the, the difference in enrollment so much closer to see how that affects who qualifies in divisions. So, you know, if most of the teams are at least within a division rather than a division one, two, and three conference, how does that affect the if, if everybody in divisions one and two are playing division one and two schools, how does that affect who qualifies for those two divisions in the tournament? I think we'll see some some data on that, which might might be interesting to see the makeup of the conferences. You know, so if you have conference mainly made up of divisions three and four does the does the division three schools do they have an advantage so i think what would be interesting is the data after the playoff qualifying more so than trying to see who gets into the into the tournament i think we could be you know hopefully our criteria will break out a field for us before we let you go one other topic i, I wanted to touch on because i've gotten a number of questions on it in the last uh, couple weeks as we lead up to the playoffs and that is the uh, automatic or electronic seating that uh, that was passed by the WIA Board of Control, um, I believe it was earlier this year. And uh, just kind of get an update on where things stand with that, because there, there does seem to be a little bit of confusion from some folks on when it will be implemented and, and how it might work. You know, we, uh, we just got off the phone with um, Drake over in Homestead, who's um, part of the uh, committee that the coaches association has had, and uh, we had a conference call with with uh, Drake and, and um, Todd Clark from our office and Eric Jacques, our, our IT guy, and uh, we talked about where they're at. Uh, I, th- I think they've got a, a formula that pretty much is is starting to settle in, and you know, taking the winning percentage and then taking the winning percentage of your defeated opponents or winning percentage of your opponents, then taking the winning percentage of your opponents' opponents. And I think, you know, he's, he's coming down and, and the committee is coming down with a formula that's close. Um, our in- input was basically, you know, are you going to um, give uh, some sort of recognition to uh, a school that goes ahead and plays a division up and loses or goes up and plays a division up and, and or two divisions up and, and wins? Are you going to give them um, some sort of, um, I guess, uh, extra credit for doing that? And, and that, that would be important and just to help some schools fill their schedules. So they've got the basic formula, I think, pretty close. The goal when we were done with the call was to have something ready by the end of the level one week that we could run against the field then on an, on an experiment in, in the level two week uh, using what we currently have uh, for this year and to see how 
the computer formula that they've they've come up with would compare to the um, the actual coaches' seatings this year. And once we have that, then um, hopefully we'll have something for the coaches. I know they're meeting on level after level four up here in the office that we would be able to show them um, somewhat of how that would work out. So in December, the coaches could go ahead and look at the formula and see if that's something they want to implement. And if they would, then they would have to suggest it uh, come forward on December 3rd when the football coaches meet. So we would implement it for the 2020 season. So that's kind of our timeline. Our goal is to go ahead and, and, and get it done and implemented for next year. Uh, hopefully we can do that. Uh, I think they've got some good thoughts going on. And, uh, you know, I'm not the math guy, so I have to defer to the math guys and to the IT guys and let them let them do the work. So there you have it. A big thanks to uh, Wade Lebecki for taking some time out of his very busy schedule this week to join us for a few minutes and uh, bring some bring some clarity, bring some things up to speed on how things are working, how things are going, what to expect, and uh, and just give us a little bit of a rundown on how things are going to work for the WIAA this weekend. In terms of how things are going to work for us here at Wisports.net, of course, we're your best source for high school sports information, uh, and including the high school football playoffs on this busy, busy week, week nine of the high school football playoffs. Just to lay out a little bit of what to expect, what we will be doing, um, we will have Friday, of course, you can find all of the scores on WSN. We'll get those in as soon as we can. We will be actively searching out score information so that we can get things to you as soon as possible. So you have an idea of what might be in play, some games that uh, you know might be upsets or might be surprises that uh, will impact some playoff qualifying type of things. So we'll try to get those in as fast as we can. Every year, there's a few few holdouts for whatever reason. Um, and, and we might have to start calling some folks, but uh, you can find that all at wisports.net. And of course, you can follow at footballwsn on Twitter to get all final scores from all high school football games right into your Twitter feed as soon as they go final in our system. We will be doing, once again, our Facebook Live event on Friday night. It will begin about 9.30. Uh, we will uh, broadcast from the, I guess, the world headquarters of Wisports.net, my home office. You can make fun of my office decor and whatever else, but uh, give us a chance early on to kind of talk about how the night has gone, some of the big results that will uh, certainly impact some things. So you can join us for that. Head to the uh, WSN Facebook page, Wisports.net. I'm sure you're liking that and following that already. But you can join in, and again, early on, we'll have a little bit of time to, to hit on some topics. We'll wor be working during that time to wrap up the last few scores that we might be missing. And then once that's done, uh, hopefully we have all scores in by about 10 to 10.30. Once that's done, we can start turning our attention to figuring out the actual playoff field. Uh, we'll get it all put together. We'll break it down. Uh, in real time, uh, I'll kind of walk you through what is going on. You know, how many teams finish 500 that get in, how many of the teams that finish four and five there are, how many spots that that remains then and, and has left for teams that finish three and four in conference. Potentially, then we'll break through, uh, break down and go through the tiebreaker procedures. And as I do that uh, live, you can follow along. And, uh, you know, if there's, let's say, 13 spots for 15 teams, 
as I go through the, the tiebreaker procedures, you'll know uh, who's in on the first step. You know, there might be five or six or eight teams that get in on the first qualifying step, the, cri- the tiebreaker criteria. And, and we'll continue to go through that until we get everything in. And then once that's done, uh, we'll get the full field posted on wisports.net. That will be an unofficial qualifying field. We've been right every year since uh, we've been doing this, 12 or 15 years now, whatever it's been. Um, and we hope to have that qualifying field out on wisports.net. So stay tuned to our site. Stay tuned to our social media as you are following along with our Facebook Live event. Um, and we hope to have that around 1030, 1045, something like that. It does kind of depend on, number one, how long it takes us to get all the final scores in. There is a chance that on the Facebook Live event, you might see me have to pick up the phone and call some coaches, try to track down some scores. Um, So it's dependent on that a little bit. And it's also dependent on how many tiebreakers we have to go through to figure out the actual playoff qualifying field. I would love it very, very much if there are no tiebreakers to have to go through. If we can just uh, somehow find a way to where every team that finishes at least three and four in conference gets in, that'd be awesome. If there are, as I projected prior to week nine, 13 spots and 15 teams tied, and I've got to go five tiebreakers deep for some of these teams, that's not fun. I don't like having to do that much math. I don't like having to to run through that much information to figure it out. Um, So the, the easier that goes, the faster we'll get that playoff qualifying field out. From there, we'll wait for the official qualifying field to come out from the WIAA. They anticipate that will be maybe around 1130, 12 o'clock, something like that, um, as they get all the information in, as they work to identify the conference champions, the unbeaten conference champions, put all that information together, cross-check things. Um, Wade Lebecki, as you heard earlier, indicated that he does like to uh, compare what they have to what we put out um, just to make sure we're kind of on the same page. And uh, so then we'll go from there. And we'll keep the Facebook Live event going, by the way, as we as we wait for the WIAA so that we can uh, kind of break down, you know, have some initial reactions of where the cut lines are, who got in, all that good stuff. Um, and again, we'll wait for the official field from the WIAA once that comes out. You know, we'll, we'll keep it going because there are still some things to go on Friday night. We will wait up then until maybe 1 o'clock or so. Uh, maybe 1.30, as the WIAA then turns its attention to putting together the regional groupings for each division. 32 teams that have to be broken into four four groupings for regions of eight teams. That's a a process that can be challenging. You heard Wade say that he actually doesn't mind doing it. It it kind of works itself out. There is some subjectivity to that process, however, and uh, it it does take a little bit of time to, uh, to make sure that you're trying to break apart the conference champions, trying to break apart the conference champions that are undefeated in conference play. Uh, Also, um, just figuring out how to match everything up the best you can, because as he said, there's going to be some very lengthy regional groupings, as there is every year when you're trying to put together uh, the the playoffs and and what have you. So again, that's expected around 1.30-ish, as long as you know, we, we continue to have some engagement and folks are interested. We'll keep the Facebook Live going until that time. Hopefully we don't have any technical issues like we did last year. Uh, I think I saw that Facebook has increased the uh, amount of time that you can run a Facebook Live event. It had been two hours. And so we had 
had to cut it off and restart it a couple times. And, and then we had some technical issues too. Uh, so I think last year we ended up in three different parts, but uh, I see that they have extended it to eight hours that you can run a Facebook live event now, which hopefully will make it a little bit easier and we can just run through one, um, one Facebook live uh, uh, event. So once we get that information, uh, we'll get it posted uh, early Saturday morning, technically, 1.30, 2 o'clock. We'll wrap up our Facebook Live event. Everybody can get a little bit of sleep and get right back at it because Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, the coaches are going to have to head to a seating meeting somewhere. Although, as you heard Wade say, some of them, especially in the northern part of the state, are going to be held electronically, which is a great idea, and I would love to see that adopted at every seed meeting, to be quite honest with you. And we will see some changes with that with the automatic seeding coming uh, next year. We'll see how, if there are seed meetings still done, or if it's all just going to be uh, automated and there's not even any seed meeting that is required. Uh, so this could be the last year for face-to-face -face seed meetings, potentially. Um, but those seed meetings will be held. Coaches will uh, state their case. They, I think they have three minutes or two minutes, something like that, to kind of make a uh, an overview of their team. They also have to provide all the coaches there with a uh, season summary that's got their their record, their conference record, their schedule and results, and, and some other information on there. The coaches then will vote. Um, they can appeal potentially, uh, but it all all be put together. And it, it for the most part, it goes pretty quickly. I looked back last year, and we had the um, the actual seed uh, results and the the brackets posted from the WIAA by 12.45. So we're anticipating 12.30 to 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That information will be posted. Um, we will probably record a special edition, an emergency WSN podcast after that to give some rapid reaction, uh, some initial thoughts on the playoff field, on how the seating went down, how the brackets worked out, any surprises, any uh, things of note in terms of uh, you know, interesting uh, possibilities. Uh, so you can look for that Saturday afternoon as well. And that'll wrap up kind of that busy, crazy, wild 14 to 16 hours um, of Friday and Saturday. From there, then we'll have our playoff preview for every division that will begin perhaps Sunday night, uh, maybe Monday. I am going to the Packer game on Sunday uh, and looking forward to that. So um, the, the, the previews might start potentially Monday, but we'll have a preview of every division, a uh, really in-depth preview of what to look for. Uh, and then it's it's time. It, we're into it. We'll have some other, obviously, playoff-related information. We'll have our uh, staff picks that'll come out and our, our media partner picks. There'll also be a, uh, likely, I, I assume, a, um, a playoff pick'em contest run by some of our message board posters, our, our great folks there. Uh, we'll get that set up and we'll get that information posted out. And then it's time to uh, to really enjoy the football playoffs, which go very quickly, where half of the teams get eliminated every week. But uh, we'll, we'll get through and really looking forward to an exciting playoff run. As I tweeted earlier uh, today, in fact, um, this is the last game. This is the last football game this week, this Friday, for upwards of 3,000 high school football players, most of them seniors, of course. And it, it's kind of bittersweet. This is a very bittersweet time of the year. You love the excitement and the energy of the playoffs, but you uh, you hate to see it have to come to an end for so many players around the state of Wisconsin. As a high school football player myself, I can and can tell you very vividly 
um, you know, some of the uh, the memories of our last football game at Wanakee. We got killed uh, at Richland Center, um, played it at Wanakee, and, and they beat the snot out of us. Kind of interesting that those teams are uh, were in the same division then and, and up until, I think, 2002. And now Wanakee's over 1,300 enrollment. Richland Center dipped under 400 last year. Uh, and obviously, two communities headed in very different directions um, in, in many ways. So it, it's uh, it's a tough time for a lot of people. Enjoy it. Savor it. Rage against the dying of the light. Do everything you can to keep that experience going. Uh, soak up everything that you can. Moms and dads out there, it's going to be a tough time for you, I know. Um, but soak it all up. Take it all in. End it on a positive. Uh, pour your heart out into it and uh, make it the best experience that you can be and that you can do. But until then, this has been a Wisports.net podcast. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.